Welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even good films get bad reviews. I am the host, Chris, and I am joined by the star of the Flicky Podcast, Mr. John. There are no long-winded intros this week, because what the fuck did I watch this week, John? So, this week What did you make me do? Yeah, you're right. I made us both do it. (laughs) I made my whole family do it. I watched it with them, watched it with my wife. Actually, we didn't finish it. We watched it when we got home. We went upstate, and then we okay. finished it the next day. Uh, so we watched Boz Lerman's Elvis this week, which you would know from the podcast title. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to text you, but I wanted to wait till you saw it. Like, what is this movie? What is this movie? So here's what I'm going to say off the bat. I am so sick <laughs> of these hack, coward critics who are forced i guess in their minds to give good reviews to awful films because they're big tent pole blockbusters and they are afraid of career repercussions if they actually speak the truth because there is no goddamn way that this film Mm -hmm. should have a 78 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah i'm gonna have to agree with that statement is garbage this yeah. was barely a movie. Yeah. It's worse. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. It's worse. It is worse than Bohemian Rhapsody. Especially, especially we consider the context of the production hell yeah. that Bohemian Rhapsody went through and they You're had right. to piece together a bunch of shit that of a non-script <laughs> yeah. or they didn't film it because singer's a nut job. I don't know how it happened, but apparently things did not go as planned and they had to stitch together a film and they did it. Correct. This was an auteur project by the auteur oh, yeah. supreme of Australia, Baz Luhrmann, yeah. and it's trash. Took eight years to make. It's This movie is garbage. Um, it's an awful film. Yeah, so... I agree with you. I think also though the, uh, the crazy thing about though about this movie is that the audience score is also high. Yes. Well, there's a few reasons. I have theories for that too. First off, uh, audiences are stupid. Yes. Uh, well, generally. I, now I don't want to be. I don't, and I don't want to be mean. They, they have comes lower off as elite, expectations. Elitist. Yes. They are. Wi- Let me rephrase. They are willing to give good reviews to uh, stupid entertainment. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. Really. And they'll even acknowledge. That it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Now, also, too, studios absolutely plant reviews. So oh, a studio yeah. can absolutely flood movies. If you look at the audience scores of the Star Wars films, yeah. a lot of them are excellent. Oof. And everyone you know hates them. Yeah, everyone you know hates them. I don't know, anyone. I don't know anyone who likes them. So I don't know anyone who saw the Elvis movie with me, and it was like four people. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it, like even Tina, my wife liked Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, you guys are harsh, whatever. You're elitist, <laughs> you're pretentious, whatever. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Even she, after all this, was like, that sucked. Yeah. And I was like, that was worse. Than Bohemian Rhapsody. Right? She goes, yeah, way worse. I like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. This movie is terrible. So uh-huh. also, people are just Elvis fanboys. And fangirls. Yeah, I like, love Elvis. Yeah. I, I mean, there were yeah. people who just, I mean, the guy's an icon, right? So people yeah. really, I, I guess it's the same with Queen, any band movie. So if you just absolutely love Elvis, you might just give this good movie a good review without even seeing it. Because I'd be interested to know if any audience scores, uh, how many audience scores came in when this movie first came out and barely no one saw it yet. Yeah. Um, so that's also with Rotten Tomatoes. And this is how the critics get away with 
giving uh, bad reviews. I think I've talked about this in the past. Yeah, you talked films. about it with Shang-Chi. Right. So just to reiterate there, because they're scared of career repercussions of pissing off the giant studios with their tempo movies, and you, your career can be hurt as a critic because yeah. um, they you know, they hold the keys to the kingdom. And you know, if you don't play ball, you they're don't just going to pass. Yeah, you don't. Uh, especially nowadays, you know, with uh, with the access to with interviews and press junkets and all the rest of it, it's only gotten increasingly. There's no Pauline more Kale so. and exactly. Manhola Dargis. No, anymore. no, it's much less decentral. It's much more decentralized that way. Yeah. Um. Uh. So with that, they can give a bet like, eh, it's got its problems, but it's a fresh. Yeah. So the Metacritic score reflects that better usually. So basically, if you're on the line, if I think the movie is a 61. Mm-hmm. If the movie has a C plus in my mind and you give it an A plus, we both have the same score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a Correct. fresh, right? Yeah. But even the the meta and the Metacritic was lower. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where the Metacritic was higher. Yes, that's no. true. Good point. But it still had an uh, almost universal acclaim Ugh. on Metacritic, uh, and there were it. there were critics who gave it a hundred, critics who gave it a ninety. All right, that's just dumb. So, and honestly, there were, at, there were critics who gave it a 50, and that's what really brought the average down. Yeah. But there, were, there was like, I, I think Vanity Fair gave more. it a 90. I mean, Ugh. like, the, none of the, it doesn't make any sense. This is a terrible movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's awful. Yeah. So let's start off with that rant. So we're, we're not, get, let's give away the game here right yeah. off the bat and say this movie is garbage. Yep. And actually, this, <laughs> this, of all the films we've done so far, this what the film was and what the critics say it was and what it's being touted as i think has pissed me off more than any of the other films i don't i'm not even sure another one comes close shang chi didn't really get close to me i kind of get it i i actually know people yeah. who watch shang chi like yeah no that was fun and i'm like you well you're wrong but i there are people <laughs> who liked it yeah and it was a new character whatever they're they're the, that i can forgive more yeah but with elvis I mean, well, I even talked to other between, people who watch it. A movie like Shang-Chi like, yeah, is trying movie. to be popcorn entertainment. This movie that's is true too. trying to be kind of high art a right. little bit. It's supposed exactly. to be a high entertainment mixed in with high art. Well, that's the thing. And, and, well, that's uh, another thing too, right? It's a good point. Boz Lerman is supposed to be this artistic auteur. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't and like I don't Boz Lerman. I don't like Boz Lerman. Listen, I've only seen... <laughs> I've seen Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> plus? <laughs> that's what they call it. I Romeo know. plus Juliet. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be a bullseye, like a crosshair. I think that was the artistic uh, choice for it, which is an interesting film, actually. Um, but uh, it's Shakespeare, and actually, Romeo and Juliet is such a... It's actually a brilliant play. It's so cliche that, that people don't really consider... Yeah. Like, they don't even talk about it in an artistic sense if you're you know outside of like academia and theater, basically. But it's a masterpiece of a play. It's actually yeah. like an awesome play um, and really fun. So it's Bazelman territory. So it it's interesting enough. Moulin Rouge, I saw too. I'm not a musical fan. Yeah. So here's the thing. It was, uh, Baz I is a really one trick it. pony. Yeah. He's a one trick pony where uh, we're gonna get the sweeping camera movements, dude. All the Rasmataz, time. Uh, camera moves, camera movements. Excuse me. Uh, quick editing. We're going to put modern sp- songs or spins oh on my God, that was period pieces. Awful. He does it all the time. It's been no – there's no like – it's not like watching – He's a like, hack. Yeah, he's a hack. It's not like when you watch like Billy Wilder or like Howard Hawks where you see, oh, they made a gangster pick and then they made a western and then they made a, a film noir and right. then they made a comedy. And it's all varied. 
this guy it's the same shit well and it's just the same shit listen directors obviously artists have their styles of course but so much of it with the sweeping shots with the big cuts uh with the quick cuts with the use of like newspaper and then black and white pictures and then the comic books yeah uh and then the modern music it the, it's just so arbitrary, yeah. and it's like it just—it's supposed to give the sense, I guess, of of uh, of uh, like almost, energy. Uh, yeah, frantic energy. Yeah. But it almost feels like it's it, like you're you're swinging the sparkly ball in front of the cat. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He's like a—he's a, a very good technician. I don't—I t- won't take that away from. The yeah. problem is uh, there's no soul in any nope, in his none. movies. There's no soul into his stories. So like that really uh undercuts like his proficiency as a as a film director yes i mean uh I, I, this is what i would, was there a script or was just this just an okay. outline can i can i go it just felt like an outline of a yeah. script so wh- what's the difference between a movie like elvis and a movie like walk the line coal miners daughter uh what's love got to do with it those other three movies have a story arc where it's not just about the careers of these people. There's something where you see the change or you see the growth. Walk the Lines about Johnny yes. and June's love. Coal Miner and, uh, you know, What's Love Got to Do With It is about the female singers weaving their abusive husbands. So there's an arc. There is no arc in Elvis. This is just It's just his, his career. I'd much rather watch a documentary on Elvis. Dude, I, I made that exact same point. I wrote that in a note here. And this is why a documentary is much more effective what this was. Yeah. Part of why we like, I would say the main reason we like biopics, mm-hmm. people like biopics, like Bohemian Rhapsody, like Walk the Line, is because we want to get an intimate uh, invitation into the life of these artists that we love. Yeah. And we don't know. Yeah. Right? So at least for Bohemian Rhapsody, I mean, it's bad. It's a bad film. But at least you're in the room watching Freddie Mercury have intimate moments and be a real person yeah. with the people around Without him. Without being a star. Yeah. Exactly. Johnny Cash, he's having intimate moments. And you just, you're on the road with Johnny Cash touring yeah. as he's you're rising. You're seeing him become a drug addict. Yes. You have intimacy with him. Yeah. There is no intimacy with us and Elvis. We, yeah. There is a filter between the audience and him, and we never get close to him. The closest we actually get, and it's the best part of the film, is when he takes over, uh, when he gets the Las Vegas residency. Yeah. Those scenes are actually pretty good on their own, I it's thought. It's an hour and 40 minutes into the movie. Oh, I know. It's uh, it's awful. <laughs> but, like, you actually... This movie's not paced well, and, guys. And, and let me tell you another thing, too. And the shame of it is, is especially watching that scene, those scenes, where he's actually fighting with Colonel, uh, the colonel... Uh, he's actually getting addicted to drugs. He, he's, but you see, you actually get an intimate sense of his power as a performer mm-hmm. and the love he gets when he goes around kissing all the women. I thought that was actually really probably the best scene in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just has this big comeback. Oh, like you get what I'll say too is like I'm like Austin Butler is really good in this. Yeah, he's you got to you also on top of everything had a really good actor who had the chops yeah. to to show an intimate the intimate side of Elvis and really get personal with him and you threw it away. It was yeah, they actually, wasted him. They completely wasted him. This is actually one of those where I'll see reviews where people are like, "Oh, this script was uh, not good enough for the actors," or uh, you know, whoever. I'll just say a name. Meryl Streep is too good for this movie. It's like, well, she picked the film. Yeah. So I always hate that 
type of review yeah. where I'm like, they had a choice. They got the script first. Yeah. This is a little different yeah. with Elvis because he got chose to pick Elvis by this guy, Baz Luhrmann, who apparently supposedly loves Elvis as well and is known to make uh, musicals and you think is going to do right by him. So it's like Butler's playing an icon. He's so also he, not really well known. Yes, so this as is, an actor. This is like what we talked about with Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Like this is this is supposed to be like his star making yes. performance, and it is. Let's it is. be honest. It is. It is. He, the, he's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar for this. He should get nominated. He's and, very good in it, and he's going to become a big star. But like, the, still, the movie fails him. Oh, utterly fails him. Can, you can but, you can be both. Yeah, but I had I literally said that scene you know, when we were watching. I literally said, "Why aren't we just watching a documentary? Yeah. Because I have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. No idea. We're just jumping. We're ju- all of a sudden." He's world famous, and like we missed it. Yeah, we missed it. Yeah, there's no. So by the time he gets the va- like, there's the line where he's on the Hollywood sign, and like the breakup is starting to happen between him and Parker, which is not paced or or told well at all. No, like it's just. First off, we get no sense of their relationship at the beginning. Are they close? Do they like each other? Does he just implicitly trust Parker? You have no idea. But yep. when he's on the, he, he invites those two new guys to help like revitalize his career, and it starts, I guess, to create the. Those fork. guys are very famous. Oh, they are. I figured because yeah. they have so such they, prominent roles. Yeah, they made um, and they masterminded the whole uh, Christmas special. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So there, I'll go into that when we go into the story okay. a little bit more because. This movie is like the Braveheart of musical biopics where the history is just so Fugazi. So wrong. <laughs> like there, it's just like the kernel of the truth is there. Right, and then right. like we're not going to talk about it at all. But those two guys were actually – they made a big – I forgot the name of it. I'll Google it in a minute. But they made like a really big concert um, like show involving the Rolling Stones, James Brown, and a bunch of other just famous people. So they were really well-known for making these gotcha. types of so specials. Elvis reached out to them basically. Um, yes, correct. So what went on with that? Oh, wait, just yeah. to, just to give context, maybe people listening haven't watched the film. Yeah. What I'm bitching about is an hour and a half right into the film. Oh yeah. Uh, it's really late. Elvis uh, basically is sitting on the ho- a Hollywood sign. It's like this picturesque moment yeah. in the movie, completely arbitrary and and no reason for it. Um, it's post military service. Uh, right? It's like, well... No, yeah, it's post his movie career. Post movie career, right? Um, so I guess the Hollywood thing kind of makes sense. But he's given this whole speech and he goes, uh, he invites his two managers and basically he's like, uh, yeah, my career's in the toilet. And my thought was, when did that happen? So again, this is... Because they did it with a voiceover over a montage, John. That's what I'm saying, though. Keep up. Like, you don't actually <laughs> experience no. his rise or his fall. No. So then when he has the comeback, you don't even get to enjoy that really either because it doesn't feel like a comeback to the audience no. later on. It just feels like this is just part of the next phase of his career. Yeah. So it, it, it to me, that was a pretty good encapsulation of the film, of the problems with the film. But, uh, yeah, so should we, should we rewind to the beginning? I mean, the first half is really actually – to be fair to the movie, I guess a positive part is the first half is worse than the second. First half is so frantic and shit okay. is just happening. Yeah. So I hated this. My I hated the split screen in the beginning, the first fifteen minutes, the constant use of split screen, like it's like uh, Fleischer's The Boston Strangler. Right. It's way too much. And then, oh, I hated it too. Oh my god. I, I also just hated. You shouldn't it. use you shouldn't use split screen for that. Well. Yes. You know, you should use it very 
uh, conservatively. It's arbitrary. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's flash for flash. It's the, it's the purple prose of filmmaking. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> so, so, things I hate about you, Bianca. Like, look at me. Look at me. What? I don't remember the line. <laughs> you know, uh, the sister. He's like the hot sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual hot one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, I also hated that it was from the perspective of Colonel Parker. Oh, that's... His voiceover. Awful. It, uh, especially... Again, it felt arbitrary. Where especially like, when we don't see him get his comeuppance, which he kind of does in real life. So, oh, yeah. Like, he, he died broke. Yeah, and he died... Well, a couple years after Elvis died, spoiler alert, he dies. Yeah. Um... He like actually had to give up his his uh, part of the share of the estate. Of the well, estate. they have the little yeah. But I want end, to but... see that yes because the whole point of the movie that they're trying to convey is how he was a leech to Elvis. So let's see right. him at at his yeah. well, that, uh, climax should thing. be him losing. This is another thing too where they start with quote unquote the perspective of Colonel Parker. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, this seems dumb. Because just the way they did it. Yeah. Um, it, and, like, the, again, to your point, that sweeping shot from the hospital into yeah. the past. Um, the I'm like, this is, this is not off to a great start. <laughs> but so the movie seems to be, oh, it's going to be from Colonel Parker's point of view and his mm -hmm. relationship with Elvis. And then the movie ends up being really about nobody. Yeah. Except it, it's really about... I mean, it's really about nothing. Well, John, it's really about uh, snowmen and snow jobs because how many times did oh we hear God, that? Snow I was so sick of that, dude. Snowman, the snowman, how many times, snowman, snowman. How many times do we have to hear that? <sighs> awesome. So, but you're right. If you're gonna if you're gonna make this about Colonel Parker, have the last scene be about Colonel Parker, and yeah. it ends on Colonel Parker. Begins on Colonel Parker and ends on Colonel Parker. Yeah. But halfway through the film, it's like Colonel Parker kind of just fades out and then fades back in. Yeah. Which. Uh, to be fair, uh, actually, kind of happened in real life. Uh, but like, yeah, but he's supposed but you, to be a, you're making the star a of the film. Yeah, yo, he's the star. Listen. Him and him and Elvis are the true co. He's a true co-star. We'll get into that later. Let's just talk about the story before we go on to uh, digressions. Dude, uh, um, but yeah, it's just what the, story. I mean, the what 15... story is this? What are we talking about here? The only part I liked in the first part of the movie really uh, was seeing Gary Clark Jr. as the blues guitarist. And that like makes Elvis like yeah. want to do you know the blues music, and you that's know, a fun you have, scene. You have but again, the, the quick cuts, singing. The, yeah, because the then quick it becomes cuts a that. Yeah, the quick cuts ruined that. You yeah. couldn't even enjoy that. That wasn't even a scene. It no. was just cuts. Yeah, it was constant cuts. Yeah, it was. And a, I didn't. This get movie's it. a long music video. It's a two yeah. hour and forty eight minute bad one. Music video. A bad one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to really talk about this movie. I, dude, I, you say um, we're going to talk about the story. I mean, what story? It's essentially uh, Elvis's career. This is what the movie is about. Elvis's career from the rebel that he was in the fifties and the you know sexualized nature of like they were literally showing like women having orgasms to him shaking yeah. his hips. So, which was a little over the top for me. So but. it's this is the opening basically scene of show, showing Elvis's uh, rise, rise, yeah. and even this scene gets undercut. Because you have the um, the voiceover of Colonel Parker yeah. describing the scene we're watching. Yeah, yeah. So it undercuts the moment. He literally he literally goes, he looks around <laughs> the women, and he goes, I watched that man. I wrote it down. I watched him transform <laughs> into a superhero. Yeah. And then he goes, well, and then blow, uh, bursts into the song. 
that completely undercuts the moment. Because, yeah. and I understand, we as the audience know what's about to happen. We know we're gonna watch Elvis kill it because yeah. that hits Elvis. Yeah. But like, let us enjoy it. Why the fuck do you need Colonel Parker to say anything? It's again arbitrary, again pointless. The girls coming fucking having <laughs> orgasms <laughs> in the audience you don't need colonel parker describing it no it's the most visual. you're already showing it yes it was like it's, it's like that it's the easiest visual storytelling ever there's a man on stage gyrating and singing and he's great because we can hear him yeah and then we're watching the girls get confused be like what is this yeah because they've never heard anything like it that's another uh you're telling that through visual storytelling yeah and then two they start to go crazy yeah and like at it, which again was completely comical and cartoonish, but I guess yeah, that it's was like, a stylistic choice. Well, it's like that scene from Doom Patrol, where uh, the guy comes and uh, at the end of season one of Doom Patrol, I haven't watched it. Oh, uh, so there's a guy. Uh, I forget one of the guys who becomes a member of the team, and okay. everyone uh, who sees him in the town all of a sudden starts spontaneously having massive orgasms, and that's how the season ends. Is that his power or <laughs> yes. something? That's so weird. So when I was yeah, watching that, it, I was just like, this is Doom Patrol. It's right. shot the same way. They're acting the same way. Yeah, like it's even like, the girls were like confused by where they were like, oh, like they were losing <laughs> bodily functions. Yes. I mean, it's kind of funny, but like I, it's this over is the a biopic, right? Yeah. Is this supposed it was to be a cartoon? Yeah, it was farcical. Exactly. It's <laughs> the best great word for it. Um, so even that scene, I didn't even get to enjoy. And again... When you have a voiceover like that with Colonel Parker say, I watched him transform with this ridiculous accent. I can't even do it. Well, I watched yeah. him transform into a superhero. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what accent I'm doing. It's not his, but it's probably better. <laughs> but the thing is, when you have that voiceover, already you're cutting us off from Elvis. Yeah. Can we witness him and just enjoy it like we're in the room? Mm-hmm. Like you don't even – it's not even exposition. Yeah, and also we it's, don't even we and he, you can do, just show Colonel Parker being amazed. That's what I'm saying. Visual storytelling. He doesn't have to talk. You, we watch him. You see him be amazed, and then you have him talk about it. Yeah. So once that scene happened, yeah. I knew I was like, oh, we're in for a rough one. Yeah. Uh, well, we knew we were going to be in for a rough one. For two reasons: when we saw the Batman in the movie theater, they didn't show Tom Hanks at all. Yes. So we yeah. knew we knew going in. So that a was little be bad. hint, a little hint with trailers. <laughs> Pay attention to trailers when you watch them. Yeah. When there's like famous, really famous people, and also people they've even advertised of being in the movie, like when they got cast, yeah. or when the poster came out before the trailer, and it's like, oh, this guy's the star, and then you watch the trailer and you barely see the guy. Yeah. Either this could be a combination. Either the movie's not good and they have no good. Uh, scenes to show mm-hmm. and or the actor's not good in it yeah and they don't want to show them act so they hide them correct uh you know obviously there's exceptions to this especially when you're trying to build mystery for certain movies shows whatever yeah but largely there there are hints here yeah and there was certainly a hint where you do not hear tom hanks talk i didn't even know <laughs> colonel parker had an accent until i learned about him yeah. Um. I knew of him a little bit. I knew he was like his fa- he was famous for being his manager. Yeah. Um. And then you really watched a documentary though, and it doesn't sound anything like Tom Hanks. Well, I, yeah. I I don't know. I even I don't even know what he sounds like in real life. But oh, he sounds uh, kind of like a normal guy. Oh, he does because he was there for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, he, and also the Dutch. 
uh, can sound like Brits and uh, Americans very easily. Oh, they can. They it's can a talent of them of theirs, and because gotcha. they watch our TV a lot, so they, yeah, that makes sense. They tailor their accent to if you're British, they're gonna sound British to you. They can do this, right? Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there's part of it, but like we know. If you watch any Elvis documentary with Colonel Parker in it, you kind of have an idea of that he sounds like just like kind of a little bit of a southerner, a little bit, not too bad. Yeah. And uh, you don't get that at all in this movie. You got some. I don't even know what this accent was. I don't know what it was. Either. It was. It was. Uh, I. This was Tom Hanks doing Goldmember. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. What that's, what it, that's what it was. I love gold. <laughs> Elvis. I, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Oh, Elvis, I want to be rich. I love snow jobs. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I didn't get, and also, the makeup was terrible. Oh, yeah. That nose looked awful. Oh, the W.C. Fields nose? Yeah. Yeah, dude. The, the fat, fake neck. Yeah. Uh, Looking like just, Alfred Hitchcock. It, it was so bad. It, yeah. It just looked so bad. I'm like, this is a $200 million movie. Yeah. And he's the star. Yeah. He's a star. And he was also acting like a buffoon in this movie. Yeah, he's buffoonish. I, this I'll might, be honest. This it, might be Tom Hanks' worst acting I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's, it's not good is bad. And I love Tom Hanks. I don't want to shit on him too hard. It, this, this was bad. This was yeah. Kevin Costner level bad, in my opinion. Costner would have been worse in this role. Well, Kevin sure. Costner couldn't even do it. But right, yeah, yeah. Well, you know Costner I mean? would have the dignity to not accept <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's like Robin Hood. At least he had the dignity to be like, listen, I cannot do this accent. We're done here. <laughs> it's like, I got to save some face. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the script does not serve him, to be fair. But no. uh, but yeah, he's not good. Butler is great. Mm -hmm. uh, you re and But really, you don't, and this is where the movie really does a disservice to Butler. You really don't know he's great until basically the second half of the film where we get a more intimate portrayal of him and we just yeah. we lead more into elvis in concert and him interacting with people in the audience and getting to the drug thing yeah uh because at that up until that point it's like it, it's almost like you don't hear him talk for more than five seconds and it just cuts to a, either him another singing. scene or him singing or we've cut five years ahead or wherever the fuck yeah um so i'm i'm still not sure i'm like is this guy just kind of doing a, a voice impression yeah. of Elvis. They and made, he's not. This movie made it seem like Elvis was like a regional superstar when yeah. he was anything but. Bef like, if you watch this movie, you are thinking before he goes into the army and goes to Germany, you're thinking he's only big in the South. And I, that's such a disservice. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't, I couldn't tell what I. If you told me... They don't make him seem as big as he really was. I don't think they make him seem anything. I don't think it's clear at all. No. I kind of got, oh, I guess he's famous in the U.S. I, he's big in the U.S. That's what I got. Yeah, and but, then they try to juxtapose but then, it with... But then his his career, like, Colonel Parker makes him go to the military like for the sake of his career, right? Yeah. So it just cuts to right before the military. So it's like, yeah, do this for your career. And I'm confused. Because yeah. I'm going, what, is his career hurting? He seems to be doing fine. Yeah, he was doing fine. Okay. That's the problem with this movie. Like, it's it's fast, not clear. It's fast and loose with history also. It's just like... But it doesn't even do any... Know. Like, it... it the, I don't know. And I have a question, too, because you know he better than me. He didn't go to the army to save his career. His career was going gangbusters. He did it to save how he came across 
Oh, he wanted to cultivate a different image of himself? Right. His okay. career was just fine. Okay. So let me ask, <laughs> the whole thing with... What uh, really hurt his career was doing the fucking shitty movies. Right. Yeah, because he never did a good film, ever. Uh, yeah, he got. I think he got good reviews for the first film he did, and they, they say that in the movie, and I think that's true. And then uh-huh. he just did cheaper and cheaper shit because right. the because the colonel like was you know it was a quick buck probably a quick buck and he was also like his demands for everything were always very high. Okay, so studio, so high. bigger studios and bigger so they movies. paid him, but like the rest of the movie suffers. Oh, I see. So if you're paying him a million dollars and the movie's going to be one point one million dollars yeah, for get a the budget, B, you get the B team on it. Yeah, and the sets and everything else. And he was releasing shitty soundtracks that coincided with the movie. So the movie always coincided with the soundtrack, and that's what got him unhappy over the years. Because he's like, I'm actually a real musician. I'm a real singer oh, and a real artist. And I'm doing they really bullshit. Could, they really should have dug into that. That makes Colonel Parker even worse. This movie should have been, and I, I hate that. That's the Armand White way of thinking. But this movie really... It's a little different, though, when it's Elvis's life. It shouldn't have so been have his... opinion on it. It shouldn't have been his entire career. They should have done, like, The Lincoln. Steven Spielberg's right. Lincoln, where it's just... This is a snapshot of an important time in Elvis's career. Yeah, especially... And you know why it should have been that? Because we all know who Elvis is. Yeah. We all know he's an icon. Do we really give a fuck... Yeah. How he came up. I would have ended this movie with the fucking 68 special launching him back into the stratosphere. That's right. what I would have done. Right. But uh, Let me ask, the because you would know, the whole arc, the whole thing about, and this is a huge part of the movie, at least in, in the first half, about like the police wanting to arrest him and basically he's like the Lenny Bruce of music. Yeah. Was that true? I mean, somewhat. It's over, They play it up. Like they really play it up. Yeah. That seems to be defined. I mean, it was very obvious. They, he, so he had to do the hound dog bit. Okay. And that, that pissed him off. Okay. Um, and, but it wasn't only like they, they try to like do this both sides in the movie a little bit where like, so they're showing just how like racist Jim Crow South was, which it was. Right. And how, well, they don't even go into that that much. It, well, I they felt. just show it a little bit, but then they yeah. try to talk about how like, it was, uh, you know, New York Yankees who made him, uh, you know, sing to the hound dog when that's really uh-huh. wasn't the case. Right. You know, it was bo- obviously it was because he had to go into New York to do the Steve Allen show and then to do the uh, the redo because he went to Ed Sullivan twice. OK, so he did the first show, which fucking drove everyone nuts where he did the hips. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he did another the version one in black and white. Yeah, yeah. But then he did another one where it just uh, filmed him from the waist up. Oh, because they because it actually was scandalous to move that way. Yeah, and yeah, they didn't yeah. want to show it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. And it was scandalous because but like, were the police there ready to arrest him and like riots in the street? Like that was real Lenny Bruce. Where like the police no. were actually at the club. I, I mean, that seemed a little. I know. I'm like, I never heard of this. Maybe I, mean, I just don't know. He he was never. From what I understand about him, is that like, uh, they were always threatening with like uh, obscenity laws. But I never. Right. I mean, there's gonna be like whatever uh, the Catholic, whatever the Catholic League of the Day was, or whatever. Yeah, and they protested him. They protested him pretty heavily. Okay. You know because you know he's doing black music to white people and he's moving like a black man to white girls and they don't like that back down there. Yeah, that makes sense. It just seems a little too extreme. I will say, I guess on the positive side, where um, he actually went down to. uh, the black clubs and like new BB King and yeah, little Memphis. Richard and yeah. stuff in Memphis. And 
It was nice because I, you know, nowadays. Well, I, he was like, actually friends with BB King. That's that's well, accurate. That's yeah, I knew that, and also like this whole thing where like Elvis, you know, this whole trope about him stealing black people's music, and yeah. he was racist and all this stuff, uh, yeah. which basically can all be linked back to that one Public Enemy song. Where yeah, he, supposedly he wasn't a racist. Supposedly well, he was actually pretty big in civil rights. He not only was he big in civil rights, but like Little Richard and others came out were like. Yeah, he helped us. Yeah. Like he's the reason why we became pop. No one knew who I was. Yeah, and, but uh, they always outside the black community, Correct. and then we actually got big because he actually made our music accessible and accepted. Correct. by mainstream. But they also white America. They also said the truth. Also, because they're there, you can be right about both things. That sure, he helped. Sure. And they were also saying they also said you know same thing about a lot of people say about about like Eminem. Like, listen, if he was a black guy. He wouldn't be sure. anywhere near as famous of course, for yeah. what he was doing. Elvis, for sure. You know? For sure. And I think he recognized that. Yeah, that's true. He had to have recognized that. And that that in its that the the uh, effects of society viewing him that way is wrong. Yeah. But nothing Elvis did was wrong. No, that's not him. That's, that's, that's not him. That's on and yeah, sure, that the people abs- of the fifties. Absolutely. Being that is absolutely a reflection <laughs> of the times, for sure. Yeah. Obviously he wouldn't have been as famous. He wouldn't have been in allowed to do like yeah. like you said he was and that was and they actually addressed that in the film is he's moving like how black singers well, yeah. move well it's stage. because like what i talked to you uh yesterday uh not yesterday last week before we when we actually decided this like he they were they were literally called race records that's right. what they were called right and right, they were right. specifically tailored to for the black uh communities Community. right and you know, he was kind of one. He wasn't the first, but he was one. He became the biggest, obviously. Yeah. Who started? You know. Uh, well, same with the blues when they. When, yeah, covering yeah. covering yeah. race records. Right. So the the interesting thing about so he he goes to Sam Phillips, who is a very important person in the history of rock and roll music. Uh huh. And you know, all that that actually happened is true. Okay. So he uh, they actually had to sell his contract. Uh, they bought out his contract uh, for $30,000 to Sam Phillips so that he can go to RCA. Yeah. You know what Sam Phillips did with that $30,000? What? He invested into Holiday Inn and he became <laughs> no way. <laughs> a huge, hugely wealthy man. Are you serious? Swear he to God. pushed all his chips into, yeah. into, our, into Holiday Inn with yeah. that money? Yes. That's funny. Yeah. That's so it worked out for him story. also in the end. Yeah, Because yeah. Sam Phillips is just with sun records he uh you know he gave a lot of these guys their first opportunity but he never saw the like the real windfalls from them because they all had yeah to get well, bigger. They, had, they had to get bigger and move on yeah. to bigger labels and he was also known as you know the race record right uh company yeah. so uh that's that's interesting they could have gone into that more they barely dude, cross so, over dude, they don't go into anything there's no there's no <laughs> it's all superficial i actually i just want to read my note here i literally wrote later on it's just funny you brought up the documentary i go why does this movie exist? Just watch a documentary on him. Yeah. I literally wrote that watching the film. Yeah. Also, um, like they, like we said, they made Colonel Parker kind of like into a bumbling idiot when it just in real life, he was anything but. Yeah. I wouldn't, I won't say to me, at least I got the sense he wasn't an idiot. Um, he was a two bit con man. Yeah. A carny. A carney who was a, a carney who helped a man get elected to governor in Louisiana before. That's he met, what I'm saying. Before like, I Elvis. looked up his history after. I'm like, this guy uh, was pretty sophisticated in his yeah. business ventures. Yeah. I mean, I will say that scene. It was a pretty 
strong visual scene where he comes and he and actually I did like this part where he had the they were he was literally selling the the pin I hate, Hel- I I hate, hate Elvis, Elvis. Yeah. and he's like well we're gonna get the people who hate you to buy our yeah. shit too I'm like oh that's actually smart yeah um and that you do get the sense that like oh maybe he wouldn't have been as big without Colonel Parker uh-huh. uh, or at least he wouldn't have his hands in so many pots or wouldn't have been able to leverage his career in so many ways with things like merchandise yeah without Colonel Parker so like it does make that argument I think the more the shittier part of it is you get no sense of how Colonel Parker and Elvis feel about each other as people. Oh, like, yeah. Did Colonel Parker care about this him? This is just a straight-up, like, transactional relationship. Yeah. I mean, even the even the uh, voiceover in the beginning of the film, he goes, Oh, they blame me for Elvis's <laughs> death, but I, he, yeah. it was him. Like, he already— It was really you. Yeah, it was—oh, yeah, it was you. You loved him. Yeah, he that's loved like you. the theme, the fake bullshit kind of theme that sort of is throughout the film. Like, oh, oh it was you, the audience, which is—it's yeah. like fucking freshman philosophy class. <laughs> uh, but— even that, I'm like, he's already absolving himself of Elvis's death, and the movie is five seconds in. Yeah, like, what are what? And that's another thing. We you so like they are you show trying to make him scene. into a comic book villain. It's so bad. They yeah, uh, like Howard Hughes up in the fucking international. Right. Um, they show the one scene earlier where Elvis takes the one pill. Then we don't go back to him being a fucking druggie, druggie. for an hour and 40 minutes. So that's another thing, too. When I- we know Elvis was a drug user like Johnny Cash throughout his life. Oh, was he? Is that true? I was going to ask that. Yeah. Because I was he reading was up. Pop- All those guys were pill popping. Right. Because they had they worked hard. It was, yeah, a, yeah, it was yeah. a stressful, hard life. So they're taking speed to stay up, probably, and shit yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downers to go to sleep. Right. You know, all that stuff. Constant. Yeah, I mean... It's like Judy Garland. They he don't... Was, he had... Elvis got so bad at, the, at, at one point where he, like, designated... He had a briefcase, a huge briefcase of, like shots and pills and i'm gonna take this at this time on monday this time oh yeah on dr Tuesday. feelgood the, yeah. the dr feelgood i gave him all, all this shit and like they don't go into really good into that at all do you know and here's the thing too like and people, i know what they're trying to do they don't want to like i guess piss off priscilla and lisa marie but like this was your dad right i mean you, you agreed know? we're gonna make some sanitized biopic on him i guess yeah uh, you know so even on that the drug point right even his death like i don't think people realize if you look up how fat Elvis was at his height of fatness. Yeah. He wasn't like that fat. Yeah, it was all in his, he was bloated. He was bloated in his face. He had a big gut. Yeah. But like by today's standards, he's just like a chubby oh, he's older 40-year-old. Uh, dad, dad bod. He's got a dad bod. Dad bod, so dad he, bod 42. So people are like, oh yeah, he turned to a fat fuck. He had a heart attack. No. Yes, he was <laughs> fat and he would have like these fried banana sandwiches. No, and he had like this big appetite. But also he drank like crazy, yeah. took pills like crazy, Took injections like fucking crazy. Yep. Couldn't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Couldn't take a shit. This is a big one. This is what they actually, this is what they say. Like, uh, I feel like this has been lost in the lore. But he died on the toilet because yeah. he, and he couldn't, it, well, supposedly, he couldn't yeah, not take they a found, shit. They found him falling over in, in, on the bathroom. Dude, he floor. literally couldn't take yeah. a shit. Yeah. And <laughs> Stop. I, I don't no, no, no. I'm not even being funny. Like, and it's not because he was like this fat fuck that ate too yeah. much. It's because he had all these pills yeah. that fuck with your uh, with your endocrine well, yeah, system it's like, and your digestion. Yeah. Dude, they found literally— It's uh, like a heroin gross. user. Heroin yeah, users exactly. had trouble shitting. Shitting. They found, like, excrement up in his intestines Oof. because it would drive up there because he couldn't take a crap. And that was part of his pill— uh, 
uh, addiction, part of his uh, prescriptions for the day, where he had that big suitcase of them, yeah. he would have pills that would help him poop, like laxatives and stuff. You so get none he of that had, in this movie. Yeah, and he had so much, <laughs> and that's what part of the one of the theories is. I didn't read too much into his death, but I, I read about a years ago, so this could be old information. But uh, like he was on, basically he was trying so hard, he was so constipated, uh-huh. and he was putting so much pressure on his body, and obviously. Your body poops for a reason, you, yeah. you know. There uh, and there were so many toxins in his blood as well and his intestines yeah. that it led to a heart failure. So obviously, you don't have to go what, that fucking deep into it like I did. No, just did. But as to be that crap, we also don't have but to at see least, him die either. So yeah, but let's but like, explore. If you're gonna explore yeah. the drugs, like it's just so it's just general yeah. Dewey Cox walk hard shit. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm on drugs. Like, Dewey Cox actually is, is satire. It almost feels like satire. Like, yeah. he passes out on stage one time. Yeah, we only see it once. Yeah. And, and he walked the line. And he's fucked up. He goes to jail. Oh, most of the movie. Yeah. Most gets, of the movie, he's He gets up. caught with drugs in his guitar. Yeah. Like, drugs are a focal point yeah. of the film. That and when June he Carter turns. caches. And, and that's he, what makes, that's why it's a good story, because it's a yes. story arc. So, it's Maybe just, the story should, Elvis should have been like, well, well, he didn't survive this. Right, so with but with Elvis, it's like yeah, now he's doing drugs, and now also we have, and also he's got the relationship with Colonel Parker, and also he's pissed at him, and also with his wife, and obviously you got to include all those things. But the wife is barely in it. Priscilla's barely in it. Well, dude, she's in it a lot actually. But like she's just in the scene. She's a do nothing character. Yes, exactly. Do nothing character. Right. It's just to remind the audience. It's like a visual cue. By the way, he has a wife, and then he's going to eventually divorce her, and. Uh, that's gonna. That, there's yeah. no emotion to that. There's no dramatic nah. tension to that whatsoever. It's <laughs> like, oh, I gotta leave you. It's like, who gives a shit? I don't even know you, dude. I don't. Me as the audience member, I don't know you. Who cares? Leave. Yeah, we get no real uh, feeling of how their marriage life was really. Um, you know, they yeah, think life. They, they don't even know who they are as people. No, we. They think that just by putting a scene in, uh, like absolves all that, and that's just not enough. I'm sorry. No. It's just not enough. Dude, I'm telling you, again, it, uh, like, literally, I was just thinking throughout the film, <laughs> is there, was there a script? I mean, what's amazing, too, is, did you see the screenwriting credits? Baz Luhrmann's listed twice. Oh, what, for story and screenplay? No, for screenplay. He's listed twice. Why? It's Baz Luhrmann and a guy, Yeah. and Baz Luhrmann and a guy, and a third guy. Oh, that's an ego. I don't know what, I, I'm what's guessing the point that's... Of that? I'm the only thing I could think Check of. Check up for the Writers Guild of America rules. That's what I'm saying. I think it might be a Writers Guild of America thing. I guess where he gets he credited for the first and second draft. Or yeah, so it could have been he wrote, he co-wrote it with different guys, and elements of every single one was put into there. Right. So well, couldn't that just? Can you just put four names on there then? That's what he should have done. So it was literally written by Boz Lerman and Sam Brumell. And Boz Lerman and Craig Pierce and Jeremy Donner. Donor, whatever you say. I don't know how to say that. Is that not crazy? I'm guessing uh, Jeremy was the uh, tried to attempt to do the uh, script polish there. Doctor yeah, I don't know, dude. Four writers in this film. Yeah, that's never a good thing. That is, It's usually not a good thing. It's never a and, good thing. But it, it, just, it honestly felt like this script was just kind of storyboarded. This was not yeah. a script. This was an outline yeah. of a movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Because then we he goes into the army. We'll go into that. He goes into the army. 
he sure uh, and at this point dies. we just kind of jumped around we still have no idea oh who we're now we're into the movie and we still don't really know who elvis is no. or anything no his we've mother been, dies. We've had no we have no personal relationship with him we have no intimacy they try to him. do something with his mom and it could have gone uh, they could have done a lot more and really show like how helpful and how much he loved his mom and how none of that how much that really affected his, his mom's life. actually kind of bitching at him the whole time yeah besides the beginning yeah um and then it becomes uh he becomes movie elvis yeah. Uh, which we don't go into how uh, fucking depressed he was about doing all that for years. It was like seven years. Not only do we not get into talk about how depressed he was. Or show the movies, really. Which, or show any of the films. Actually, if you didn't know, I I, only, I just know Elvis had a movie career. If you didn't really yeah. know about Elvis's career and know he had a movie career, which a lot of people, if you're like in your 20s and you watch this movie, you might not know that. Yeah. Um, you really come away with the film, like not real, realizing how long he did movies for. Yeah. It actually sort of makes it like he failed at Hollywood. He, he, I mean, by all standards, commercially, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He, he had plenty of roles. Yeah. But like when he's sitting on the Hollywood sign later on in the film and the two new managers come up and he talks about his career being in the toilet, which you don't really get. He also goes, yeah, I always dreamed of being an actor yeah. in movies. And I'm like, where did that come from? One. Yeah. And two, that makes it seem like he was happy to do those films. Yeah. As opposed to being miserable for doing I'm sure that. he wanted to become a serious actor, yes. Uh, uh-huh. I think he wanted to be a musician way more than an actor. Just That's what based it seems like, right? everything that I know about Elvis yeah. and his career. Uh, one, I always thought that Elvis know. just did movies for the money. That was always my sense. Yeah, yeah. He, he always wanted to money. do it for the money. He wanted to be a star and want to make as much money as possible. Yeah. Which okay, you know that yeah. worked for you, you know, and they sold a lot of soundtrack albums. That's what I'm saying. You can make those re- albums you can make sold movies a lot. in between doing records. So even like his musical career, that's why it's like weird. Yes, his musical career wasn't as big as anywhere near the big as uh, what the Beatles became out, you know, at that yeah. time period, because they were all soundtracks and stuff. But he sold a lot of he, those albums sold. They just right. weren't artistically you know, uh, revered like right. his earlier shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we go into, like you said, he's on the Hollywood sign. He wants to have a comeback special. Originally, it was supposed to be a Christmas special. This is accurate. The two guys yeah. who did, it's called the Tammy show, by the way, the one with uh, James Brown and Rolling Stones and a bunch of other very famous. Okay. It's called the Tammy show. So you get the Tammy show guys to do this special for NBC. That's going to come on for Christmas. This is where it gets really wonky with the history. Because if you watch this movie, you would think Colonel Parker is being hoodwinked the entire time. Yeah, it's not you his would, idea at all. Not his idea. Doesn't like it. They're uh, tricking him. They're making Elvis into a hippie. They're right. doing all this stuff uh, where in reality he was on board for all of this. And why would the he The only be? thing he was not on board, the only thing he wanted was just one song that's a Christmas song because it's going to be a Christmas special, which they did. Right. Which they agreed to. And he wore and a stupid whole, sweater for it. Yeah, and this That's whole, it. whole thing with, like, the suits in the back and the manager guys None of that ignoring happened. them. And they're like, we're going to sue you if he doesn't play a this Christmas is movie song. I, it doesn't even make sense to me. I'm watching this. I'm like, I know this isn't true. No. I just know this isn't true. This yeah. is so completely, stupid. Completely not true. Um, uh, Colonel Parker gave those two guys complete power on the creative vision of that of the 68 special yeah and why wouldn't he of course he yeah he's a fucking promoter but if you watch dude, this not... movie you'd get none of that they it's like they we have to really make an antagonist for that well why dude, what's really interesting is the real life thing about making the 68 special that's what's right. really interesting it's real life and it really happened 
and it's more interesting. So why don't we well, do dude, that? Even with any sort of this minor sort of uh, housefly of an antagonist too in these yeah. scenes, because even when Elvis is first meets the guys, he swoops in uh, and in out Hollywood, like a Boswellman shot. Right, he's just in and out. He's kind of just whine, ranting. Yeah. Ah, goes, goes, and then he goes away. Yeah, and he comes back. Ah, goes do this. Yeah. But even when Elvis is on the Hollywood sign and he invites the guys in, you even sort of get the sense that like he's not even involved with Colonel Parker anymore. Like, what role does Colonel Parker play? Yeah. At this point, and then it just cuts to the next scene. They're doing the special, and Colonel Parker's like kind of confused. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like he went behind his back, and I'm like, are you are. Just fire Dude, are you still his manager? That's what I'm saying. You don't even—he's not even his manager anymore. Yeah. So when the whole suits thing happened, it just seems like Colonel Parker is just imposing himself on the situation yeah. when he doesn't need to, and he just—this is where he really, to me, comes off like a buffoon. Yeah. And then it leads to that the worst one. scenes seen in the film is when Bobby Kennedy gets shot. Yeah. And they have like this emotional moment where the manager, who's now who we don't know. Yeah, we've the kid seen, from Stranger Things. The kid from Stranger Things. We've had three minutes of him. And like now all of a sudden he's an important character and he's yeah. like, someone has to say something. <laughs> has to be. They need the voice of a musician right now. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I got to say something. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, tell me something now, baby. Yeah. It's like, we got to. This is Bobby Kennedy. It's like, we got to sing. It's like, uh, what? And then. And actually, the shot the Kennedys. And I'm actually, and I actually, uh, I'm on <laughs> Colonel Parker's side here. He's like, no, you're going to <laughs> fucking sing. You're a singer. Santa Claus, come not to a town. politician. Uh, you are not getting sued. Go sing fucking Santa Claus. And he's actually right. He's actually right here. Where I'm like, yeah, what the? F- this the is what they're doing. Of this I got to make this about me. And like, yeah, there's another scene where you're like, clearly none of this shit happened. Oh. Clearly, the guy's like, we need a voice right now. So what happened? That is such narcissistic, like self-important garbage. Do you know what from these really characters. happened? This is what really happened. And I mean, they also sorry, just to interrupt yeah. before it, they made it seem like it happened in the middle of the special, and then they just like live and then he just stopped singing that's why there's like that that's why that's why i said like the kernel of truth is there and then they just fucking fabricate everything else what really happened was the you know elvis was deeply troubled about what happened to bobby kennedy and martin luther king and he Uh wanted a song that could unite people uh, and show what his feelings were about the situation. For and this was going to be the special. special. Okay. So they wrote uh, these two guys wrote a song, and it winds up being it's either my second or first favorite Elvis song, and it's uh, if I could dream. Yeah. And the f- the funny thing about this, and this is what would have made it so much better if they showed it in the movie. Colonel Parker hated that song. He thought it was terrible. He's like, this is not an Elvis song. It sucks. It's whatever. Elvis looked at it, sang it. And he was like, I got to do this song. I love it. It's everything that I want as, like, to be put out there right now. Okay. So then Colonel Parker winds up having those guys sell the publishing rights to him right then and there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's actually cool. So that would have been a great scene. Yeah. And it would have been completely in line with what they're trying to show in the film. Yeah. It, but if that's true, the real story is better than what they showed in the film. They didn't that's even dramatize point. it to make it better. That's my point. Real life is much more interesting. So why didn't we just do real life? I don't know, dude. Because that's a great song. That's shots that's and he that's didn't a, wanna... and like they totally shortchanged that performance. He kills and he like the little bit of it 
that they show Austin Butler do. He's got all, he does the manners. It's like watching uh, Remy Malik do the Live Aid right. performance. Yeah, yeah, he's got it down pat. So like, why am I only doing it for thirty seconds though? That's probably his greatest performance. Yeah, it's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> they completely shit the bed with how how in that whole special infected his life. Uh huh. Affected, excuse me, affected his life, and like how, like the drama behind all that, way more interesting than we saw. All we saw was just bullshit antagonism by Colonel Parker that didn't exist, and uh, stupid. And to what end? Stupid suits looking like getting you know like their pants. Guy kept standing up and tying his top. To what uh, end? His I don't know. Suit. You know what I mean? I like don't know these- the point. These and then, stupid cliche characters that are so obviously cliche that it's almost satire. Yeah, it's almost parody. Like you also have to be yeah. careful with biopics too, because there are there's so many common beats that we all yeah. as audience members understand that if you just do the whole suit that only cares about money thing, it can really be cringy because it's so cliche at this point. Yeah, and they fucking lean into it in this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they barely gloss over his fucking uh, show from Hawaii, Aloha from Hawaii. That is oh, just. Yeah, I don't know shit about that. That they just said that's when Colonel. They just had Colonel Parker. They showed the globe, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. I showed it to one point five billion people." Right. And like, no, that was a very big thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we like that? Was almost like, oh, this movie over? has reached over the two hour point now. Let's we just gotta say it happened. And right. continue moving it along. That's why I was saying the pacing of this movie is t- for a movie that's fucking almost three hours. The pacing is, is garbage. Terrible. Is nothing happens, and yet a bunch of things happen. That's the thing. There's so many milestones <laughs> and and ups and downs in Elvis's life. Yeah, it's a really rich, dynamic, interesting life. Yeah, and we don't get any of it. No, no, and that. Uh, you know, and then after that, we see uh, his Elvis, uh, excuse me, his residency in Las Vegas, which finally they showed a little bit of how sleazy uh, Colonel Parker was. Yeah, that's where the movie actually, it's funny. Finally. When we get to the residency, the movie actually slows down and we actually delve into the relationship between Elvis and Colonel Parker and Colonel Parker, his machinations with the the owner of the casino and him trying to control Elvis's entourage yeah. and the dad and everything. And not that allowing all, him to tour. Yeah, not allowing him to tour. Which a lot of the people think has to do with because he yeah. was an illegal alien. Well, the film is explicit about that in terms of yes. like, that's the stance the film takes. He uh, could not do that. I think most that. people think that. Yeah. And, but it was also – it was double – it was double-edged sword though. It was not – it was only not because of that. It was also because if he went alone, right, without him to tour internationally, he would realize – he doesn't need him. Yes, exactly. That's the sense I got. It was both. Uh, yes. Both reasons. Because if he let... Well, because one leads into the other. Right. I can't go with him. And if I go with him and he's successful on his own... Yeah. And even more than that, you know, Elvis is this big star. You don't know what sharks are going to be over there waiting for him. Sure. Who are trying to get in his... Like, he can't allow anybody to get in his ear. Sure. Correct. Um, so, of course, it's self... It's, you know, he's protecting his... It's self-preservation. Yeah. Um. So they sort of get it. The, the way they do it, it's just like they scream about it and it's just these quick cuts again where, yeah. uh, oh, he's not a citizen. And like that was really corny and stupid. Yeah. But otherwise, the whole residency thing I thought was, I mean, this is just relative to the rest of the film. Yeah. Was pretty good. I was able to actually well, it also enjoy sh- that. It also showed 
the genius of Elvis the performer. Yes, that, very well. That especially that, that first he night cultivated that whole thing. Like it was it, that was interesting and that was fun to watch. Right, where like, he's like we are controlling the bands him. and yeah. you're seeing actually yes to your point the musical genius of Elvis. Like yeah. oh this is why this guy wasn't just a star. Yeah, he was also a fucking icon. Yeah, and we're actually and you're actually making a good argument. You're actually showing him be fucking iconic in yeah. this scene. Yeah. Uh, that's the best scene in the film. Yeah. By it's, far, it's actually. It's great. Uh, we finally... Um, do you know how much Colonel Parker owed the Las Vegas Hilton? No. I do know that by the end of Elvis's career or by the end, towards the end of Parker's life, like he had amassed like $100 million and yeah. was in debt. Yeah. Like he, he only, had lost well, all es- of it. His estate was only worth $1 million. Yes. Okay. Uh, he owed, at one point, the Las Vegas Hilton... Uh, Thirty million dollars. What? Do you know how much that is today? No, I don't know. It's like one hundred and sixty million dollars. What the fuck? Yeah. That is a gambling addict on cosmic steroids. Yeah. What would he do? What would he play? He just played cards in the slots. He lost a hundred million dollars playing cards in the and the slots. Yeah. How do you lose? millions playing slots i don't i never heard him betting on games or anything i always heard that he played cards and slots holy shit had to be something else dude how many how many hours do you have to sit at a slot machine to lose a million dollars well suppose that well supposedly by this point he like him and elvis really didn't uh see each other that much so all he did all day because he had no family he had yeah. a wife who they don't talk about in this movie. He had a wife. Yeah. Uh, but he has no real family uh, to speak of and like nothing to like give to future generations. So he just spent and just sat around and just Was he that. known to be a gambling addict before the Vegas thing? Not that I know of. No. I think he, you know, bored or something. It's crazy. But uh, there, the rumor of him uh, pretty much essentially kind of forcing Elvis to do the residencies uh, because he was going to have his debt erased. I that's I think that's true. Okay, that's, that's a true. strong rumor. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. It's all the, th- and they say like at why s- why doesn't it make sense that he did the residency? No, it doesn't make sense on Elvis's part. Um, like oh, I see. Well, it didn't. There's a the thing, and this movie does a terrible job of this too. I don't know if this is true. Where he convinces Elvis to do. I, it, I guess it kind of made sense because he told Elvis you could do it for six weeks and then you could do your world tour. Yeah. And then he was able to convince him because Elvis and was keeps, so Yeah, he keeps popular. pushing it back, pushing it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I'll, I'll take that back. Then. But they say – what they say about like their relationship is like uh, they became like an old married couple that they probably should have divorced at some right. point. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happened – and they show this in the movie and they could have done a way better job of doing it is that Elvis actually did fire Colonel Parker, and then Colonel Parker pulled. He did. He did pull. do what that what yes. he did in the film. Yes. Where so he, and to the point where it would have uh, completely bankrupted Elvis. Now, would he have had a legal? I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Like I don't it would have so. gone through lawsuits and been like, "Yeah, you have to pay me for every line." Is it true that Colonel that. Parker kept? A detailed journal like that yeah. of things. So when Elvis said uh, you're fired, and he's like, "Okay, well, you're gonna have to owe me all this stuff because this is the re- and this." So is that was why. almost like his uh, 
Well, that's his the way- insurance on Correct. getting fired. Correct. He knew it could happen one day. I don't think that would fly today. Maybe back then that kind of so would I'm saying, fly. How do you prove today, that? Today? How do you prove that? How do you prove what? He would just I mean, probably say this, this was fronted. Right, I guess, but it seemed like he said he said. Yeah, well, I have to think of it as in like the 1970s where I think he would get away with that. And he would win a case that way. I definitely think in today's like environment, people would be like, no, man, you're you already have 50 percent of his of everything he's ever made. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If if it's all Elvis Presley um, uh, enterprises, why are you fronting this money? Right. And you already have like 100 million dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that was, I was like, oh, is that actually true that he did that? Yeah, like, went line that line. actually did happen. And all these scenes would have worked a lot better if we had a more, uh, if we saw any type of relationship really between these two. No, there's no relationship. And showing how like he was kind of like stealing from him. You don't get that at all, that he was stealing from Elvis and, or, um, you know, you get the sense of like, like we said, how he won't tour internationally. You get that, but like, we get no sense of like how he was very liberal using Elvis's money, right? For no, his own no. purposes. You yeah. get nothing of that, and that's really the whole you point sort of, of what this I, movie's trying to show. At least for me, I kind of like assumed it. Like, oh, he could be like they don't they don't actually show it. I'm just kind of guessing. Yeah, it's almost because like I'm they, like, oh, it's well, almost he's a like they bag. think Why like, oh, he everyone should know Colonel Parker was a scumbag, right? So here it is. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think Lerman in the movie are sort of trying to make it like, oh, was he a scumbag or wasn't he kind of thing? No, he's, a scumbag. he's trying to argue for himself. I don't know. Anyway, if they were trying to do that, they failed completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then he gets fat and he dies. Fat and he dies. They, they, give a, they talk about a star is born a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which that was another case of, the, of Colonel Parker making extravagant demands. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why he didn't get a Star is Born? Correct. And when Elvis found... Because Elvis didn't even know he was... Some, there was a lot of times Elvis didn't even know this was he was doing as the manager. Oh, wow. Which is kind of crazy, in my opinion. That's a lot of trust you're putting into somebody. Yeah, that is. Um, but, yeah. like, And then he, when he found out how like crazy the demands were, he like f- supposedly flew into a rage. Because wow. he wanted to do the movie. Right. Can you imagine? Then, we would have a Star is Born with Elvis in it. Well, there's no reason for that remake to be made. There was no reason for two of the remakes to be made. So, sure, but wasn't the second? Isn't the first remake considered good? Oh, the first remake is a masterpiece with Judy Garland. It's yeah, one of my but that's movies. way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, and then the second remake is Se- with, I meant the second with Christopherson and uh, Streisand. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Chris Christopherson is probably a better actor than Elvis Presley. Yeah. I bet he is. And I think if that movie was made with the two of them, we're going to talk about two huge movie star ego. Like, it would have been a little weird. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. But. And then he fucking dies. And then he dies. And then they show him really singing Unchained Melody. That was the real Elvis. Yeah. Well, that was was pretty interesting stylistically where they have Austin Butler. Yes. His face. And then it switches to Elvis. I mean, the longer it went into it, though, I could tell. Eventually, at least for me, I was able to figure out like, oh, they just superimposed Butler's face on Elvis, and then they moved it back to Elvis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was a little weird, but because uh, <laughs> it's like they didn't want to put a fat suit on him. Yeah, and they didn't like because that was another thing when when he's supposed to be fat Elvis. I'm watching it. I'm like, awesome Butler don't don't look too fat no. going onto that plane. Well, that's the thing when they were in the limo, right? I was like, and the, and they had the thing. 
And I think this was their way of like letting the audience know, oh, by the way, he's fat now. Like, oh, the only thing increasing in his career is his waistline or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, his he's got a pretty skinny neck. Yeah. His, the jaw, only thing, his jaw is still chiseled. The only thing that I see extended was his sideburns. Yeah. Like, not I didn't see a fat guy up yeah, there. Yeah, now in that last scene where they put him under the chair, yeah. then he actually looks fat. Yeah. But I guess from their perspective, like, they are probably told Butler, like, listen, you're fat for, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, not even, like, two minutes. It's very short. Like, don't put on 100 pounds oh, or I whatever. Would. Yeah, I'm, yeah I we're not even either. gonna put the fat suit on you, bro. Yeah, Just, yeah. Just we'll, sit in the fucking We'll, limo we'll smoke fire. and mirrors this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he dies. He's only 42. He was so young. Yeah. That's so young. That's crazy. Heart attack at 42. Yeah. He must have been on so many drugs. Oh, yeah. So, and, like, just obviously the exertion. Which you would not get, really, you wouldn't really understand watching this movie. No. No. Yeah, and, and the and length of it. Because it's not only the amount of drugs, it's how long he was doing that, the amount of drugs. Right. You know, it catches up. And that's Crazy. the movie. Awful. Awful film. Just yeah, an awful I, film. I, I, was, I was thinking, I'm like, how can I make fun of this it movie? It looks like shit, too. But I'm just not way. even, I don't even want to make fun of this movie. It's no. too much. It's just, it, it actually angered me. No, I was getting pissed off. This movie looks like garbage, too. Yeah. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. Aesthetically, it's not interesting. I knew I knew Tom it was going to be bad when we saw the trailer, and then I really knew it was bad because I was like, "Okay, I'll give it." Seen the audience scores, let me give it a shot. It's kind of like when you see, like, you listen to a, uh, a song from an artist you don't like, and you like, uh-huh. "Oh, but I like that song." Right, right, right. right. I was going to give that shot to Boz because I do not like Boz Lerman at yeah. all, and I was like, "Okay, I'll I'm give it a shot." And I love Elvis. And then when my sister saw it a month ago and she was like this movie was one of the worst things I've ever seen and if anyone knows my sister she likes movies like Sweet Home Alabama and Legally Blonde she's right. not us Legally Blonde's a good film you know what I mean though she's yes. not us Did and she when like she like Bohemian Rhapsody yeah yeah, that's what I mean. yeah so when she's coming up to me and she's like that was one of the worst things I've ever seen and Tom Hanks was the drizzling shits I yeah. knew okay this is gonna be bad yeah I mean like again Bohemian Rhapsody, people, you tell me you like that film, I get it. What I get it. What did you think Elvis, of using? You tell me you like that film, I don't get. You're a liar. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about using like hip hop songs in garbage the, the Elvis movie? Absolute. Like trash. I said, the one and the like, one trick pony what, that is Boz. It just seems like just cheap shock value. Oh, and also why just don't the, you? And also it's to sell a soundtrack because we. Oh, you think that's what are, it is? I think that's partially. Because yeah, because be. we already have so many Elvis albums and already so many Elvis greatest well, dude, hits, we gotta differentiate. If you're gonna do some nonsense, like make some social statement of like paying homage to, um, like black culture, since that's where Elvis got his music. Yeah. Why not play some BB King? Why not play some Little Richie? No. no why no. not play some Nina Simone? Whoever. We need. We over. Need, why are you playing Cardi B? Or whatever. Was it Cardi it's, B? It's Doja. Cat. Oh, it's Doja Cat. I like Doja Cat songs. Yeah, but like this is crazy. It's a good song. They did it, it three. They it did doesn't it, belong. I think he did it three times. I think he played three modern songs. Uh, well, he started off. Uh, this movie starts off with "Suspicious Minds" getting mixed with "Backstreet Boys." Backstreet. Yes. Back. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you hear everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, is it? Are we in the '90s? I would get it then. And we're going backwards in time. Um. Uh, Sway Sway Lee and Diplo. Okay. Uh, okay. 
uh, Casey Musgraves doing a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love. Okay. Uh, then we have uh, Stevie Nicks and Chris Isaac comes out of nowhere. So there's at least four? Uh, then we have uh, Denzel Curry. Uh, T- uh, Tame Impala uh, remix, I remember that. That was like to give uh, yeah the, the edge of reality. Oh my scene. god, dude. Uh, so lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. It's... He Nonsense. uses Jack White it's again, which is a good song, value. but it doesn't belong. In no, yeah, soundtrack. I remember Jack White. It's garbage. Yeah, it doesn't it's belong garbage. in this. It's it takes you out of it. Come on, I hated it. As it's like a regular song, shit. it's fine, but it shouldn't be in a movie like this. Yeah, this is hacky shit. Yeah, it's just hack. You're yeah. a hack. Yeah, yeah, and it's also like if you do it once, okay, that's different. If you've done it now a bunch of times, like what yeah, Mister Boz Lerman has done. It's it's like arbitrary. I, ex- I expect this now. And it's not cool. Right. And it's lame. Yeah. So anything else you got to say? I mean, he does the same with Great Gatsby, right? Doesn't he play modern Oh, yeah. And the Great Gatsby soundtrack is great. It doesn't fit the fucking movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I heard that movie's terrible, too. I haven't seen it. Oh, that movie is so bad. Well, it's not only only Boz. You can't make the Great Gatsby into a movie. I don't think so I firmly believe that. Yeah, it's the language. No version has ever been good. It's the language of the novel that makes it a masterpiece. It's It's not the story itself. The story's... Not good. It's the poetry of yes. the novel. It's how it's written. Yeah. Not and it's a brilliant. Not the, not it's a brilliant novel. It's one of the. Uh, I remember I read that novel in high school and it actually uh, yeah affected me. I thought I was going to hate it. Yeah. Um. It's a beautiful book, but yeah, I I agree. I don't think a movie with that. You could make an okay movie with it. You could make it, but like you know. Yeah, it's never going to ma- be the as... magic isn't in the story. No, it'll never be as good as the book. No, that's the, that's no, no chance. And they always think that they always think they could do it because the book is a masterpiece, but it's not. But that it is because of the story. That is one of those things where, like, the medium is the message. There. Yeah, correct. You I know? agree. I agree. Uh, but yeah, he. Uh, yeah, this movie is awful. Uh, what I, is there anything else to say? I mean, I. You, uh, you know, want to give your score? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, uh, okay. uh, nine. Nine. Woo! <laughs> this is a fucking <laughs> nine. Took a shit on this movie. Uh, the only reason I should be I nicer. 20, 21, something like that. Oh, God. I'll, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'll give, I'll make it a 15. Okay. Because of Austin Butler. Okay. I'll help you him give out. Some points. I'll give some points for him. So I'll, I'll put oh, him in a double digit film. He's going to get best actor. Because sure. I was skeptical on him. I know he talked about his preparation for the role. Like, He's like, I didn't talk to my family for three years. I'm like, you're an idiot. That's true. <laughs> That's pathetic. Uh, so I like, I also, I was already going into it like, I don't really respect you, <laughs> and I, I, this bullshit method acting thing. And like, I'm an actor. Like, it's just the extremes. Actors are willing to go yeah. and then brag about it. Yeah. it. Just seems so. It just reeks of narcissism to me. But, uh, but I watched it. I'm like, you know what, man, you did a great job. Yeah. And this movie failed you. Yeah. Completely. And this movie is. I, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm giving it uh, an eleven. Eleven. Okay. I just want to give it. You know why? Because I want to give it double digits for his sake. Okay. I'm gonna give it eleven percent. Okay, eleven. I'll go with twenty. Uh, we are the Flicky Podcast. You can find us on any platform. So Google Play, uh, Spotify, iTunes. iTunes. Our email is flickypodcast at gmail Do you have a choice for next week? Uh, do you have anything on your mind? No, because we there. I mean, there was a lot of things we can talk about next week. Um, 
when it comes to like actual like news, I don't want to talk about it right now because no, no, we're at the we're end. already at the end. Let's uh, let's make this one a surprise. I guess a surprise, a surprise in a while. All right, we'll talk about it. We'll do a surprise. Okay. All right. Don't Thank watch Elvis. Don't watch Elvis, or do watch it and then decide. I hate watch it. Hate, hate watch. It'll it. be a hate watch. Yes, this movie was bad. Yeah. All right. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.